ever have a babysitter? Um, I never had a non-related babysitter. Yeah, it was always like my cousin or my aunt. Yeah. And I would just be taken to someone else's house to be watched. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. my parents were like, get out of my house. <laughs> they're still sane to this day. <laughs> oh, I need to go from them. Were, were you ever a babysitter? You don't take me as a babysitter. I've watched children before. Okay. Like, just as, uh, you know, they'll be like, a child needs to be entertained. And I'll just do, like, I'll be clownish with the child. Okay, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll like, swing them around and, like, fight with them and stuff. <laughs> you know, they like to, this one liked to, like, fight me. So I would just, like, swing them around. And he <laughs> loved it, you know. Uh, but I've never been paid for my services, no. It's all been uh, pro bono babysitter work. Yeah, I'm trying to, so I definitely watched kids a lot, but it was usually my siblings or half-siblings, and uh, I didn't get paid for, I think I might have gotten paid for it a couple of times, My mom did. typically not. My mom did pay me once to watch my brother, like, over the summer, because I was probably, like, 11, right? he was, like, 7 or so. So that mostly consisted of us like waking up like around noon and eating <laughs> waffles and playing uh, just like old games on the old internet. Well, that that sounds like quite a gig. Yeah, it was pretty good. I would just like mostly ignore him and play Nintendo sixty four. So one time he got one time I, I earned my money. He got he got poop all over the toilet seat. <laughs> and I was like, "How did you do this? How's it all over you? How's it on the back?" <laughs> uh, so you know, I I'll, you know I've done some babysitting work in my life. Let's say, yeah, I was going to ask if you had ever uh, changed a diaper, but I guess that's that's on Close the same enough. level. Yeah, no. When he was when he was born, I was also like three, so I wasn't changing no diapers. Yeah, well, I was seven years older than my oldest sibling, and then there was a series of uh, kids born over the next five years between my dad and stepmother and my mom and stepdad so just a, a torrent of children that i was just old enough to watch oh yeah you're like a latchkey kid yeah you're just like one of those you're like like a middle child like uh like a family drama who has to like take care of everything you're like in uh in kanto the disney film which uh <laughs> my brother's uh stepdaughter made me watch large portions of oh yeah <laughs> yeah you're just like her i don't remember her name but you know you, you gotta hold everything up with your your big strong elbows shoulders well elbow shoulders the one good thing about uh being a latchkey kid who had to babysit his siblings is uh when you were in middle school or later you got off of school earlier than the kids who were in elementary school so while I would watch them after school, I would have at least like a half an hour to jack off. Oh, yeah. I was going to make that joke, but I figured, yeah, that had to be, yeah, anytime, anytime you get the chance. What I would do is I would pop on uh, like the, the Sundance channel or whatever oh, yeah. and see if there was any like weird French movie that a bunch of women were topless in. Yeah. 
And uh, there usually wasn't, but uh, sometimes there was. Were there any uh, Chinese films? Um, not that I can Ray, recall. Raise the Raise the Red Lantern. Um, fuck, that's the only Chinese film I know. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of like Japanese and Korean films. I know some Hong Kong films. Yeah. I haven't I seen. Know. China isn't isn't much of a an exporter of entertainment to the West. Yeah. We mostly send them stuff, it seems like, and then... Uh, and then some... they ban it because there's too many women in it or something. Yeah, I think they had to... I don't know. Everything I hear about China is probably through, like, U.S. media, so I, I think repeating any of it would just be propagating possible lies. So, yeah. you know, I think I'm going to leave the East mysterious. I like to try to live my life sort of as, like, a medieval peasant would... <laughs> where I hear of far off lands and I think, wow, that sure is fascinating. And I was like, if I ever go there, I sure hope I don't see one of those Marco Polo people with the, they got a head in the stomach and they just got arms and they'll chase you around and screaming <laughs> at you with their head stomach. Cause that's what's out there as far as I know. That's rough. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I've been cultivating a medieval peasant mindset to kind of just disassociate myself from like the internet and being totally connected okay yeah so i just only read texts from before like knowledge was real so i just read a lot of old stuff <laughs> a lot of a lot of tracts a lot of uh pamphlets a lot of uh what do you call them uh i get into the relics the reliquaries <laughs> i go down I crawl around in the in the catacombs looking for new scrolls <laughs> and uh then i go out and till the land by day because that's what a peasant would do but at night I'm a creepy little ghoul <laughs> that would be such a blessed life yeah yeah i would love to be a little ghoul <laughs> you've been training to be a ghoul all your life yeah but there's no like i can't apply it yeah. It's like my college degree, like, I've learned a lot, but there's no <laughs> job for it. Well. So I guess I'll just have to take a job babysitting. <laughs> Welcome to the Raincoat Report with Jeremy and Boss. It's the week where I hurt my stomach too bad, so I can't drink any brown, so I'm going to be coherent. <laughs> this is going to be a weird episode because of that, but, uh, you know, we were talking about... Uh, Chinese exports of uh, various types and you know again I, I brought up Hong Kong because that's a that's an area of uh, with people of Chinese descent that uh, has exported quite a bit of media over the years seems contentious uh, yes uh, I believe that uh, the Chinese government doesn't recognize Hong Kong and vice versa yeah <laughs> I believe and uh, everyone thought World War Three, I think, was going to start because we sent Nancy Pelosi over there. <laughs> it would have been really funny if they'd done, like, a false flag where, like, one of our guys just took her out. <laughs> the It would have just been the goofiest way to kick off World War Three, I think. <laughs> well, thankfully, we haven't kicked off World War Three yet. No, we're here to podcast once again. Yes, so... 
As I was talking about Hong Kong, there was an explosion of action movies in Hong Kong in the 80s, Mm -hmm. and that translated more or less over here in the 90s as we kind of latched on to the fad of Hong Kong action movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And we decided to steal liberally from that, so we got things such as uh, The Matrix, which just wholesale uh, steals... All kinds of stuff from the Hong Kong action movies of the era. Um, But we also had the Americanization of stuff, of course. Who can forget Jackie Chan? Yeah. Who... uh, He's in the tuxedo. He was in the tuxedo, amongst other films. I will say, though, that... Jackie Chan Adventures. (laughs) Yeah, the Jackie Chan Adventures. In retrospect, though, even in the shittiest movies, Jackie Chan is always awesome at being Jackie Chan. Yeah, he's just a fun little guy. Uh, He might also, he might have a troubling past, I don't know, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I like him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, he has said some questionable things uh, regarding politics. I believe that, but you know, I can't expect a man who gets kicked in the head a lot to have a lot of great opinions <laughs> right but i can expect him to uh do stunts that will amaze and affright me but uh you know years before brett ratner could uh team jackie chan up with uh chris tucker in rush hour mm-hmm. uh there was another director who was way ahead of his time seeing the possible impact of asian culture in america years yeah. earlier and that visionary director was anthony spinelli who mm. treated audiences in 1976 or 77 yeah the, uh, it seems kind of unclear yeah but uh regardless of when it was he brought upon this world oriental babysitter yeah for better or for worse mostly for worse but <laughs> we'll just say that linda wong isn't quite as magnetic of a personality as jackie chan yeah but uh, Jackie Chan doesn't show off his dick usually, so... No. Um, She's gotta, got that on him. You have to go to, uh, to Shiro Mifune to get that, and that's just... You gotta you gotta hop off to Japan, even. Do you see Mifune, Mifune's dick? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. And when I was down there crawling around in the tombs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, so... Of course, Anthony Spinelli has uh, fame on the podcast for directing a few movies that we've covered. Uh, Dixie Ray Hollywood star being one of the shining examples of that. Maybe the only shining example. Yeah. What, oh, it's so, a big snatch, I think, was another Spinelli. I think the problem. Succula. Succula was, okay. Succula was entertaining. For um, a bit. Uh, oh, an he, act of confession. Fucking sex in the comics. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm. Things are starting to line up that maybe uh, because my first exposure was such a high point. Yeah, I, I thought. I, I guess maybe I've been giving Anthony Spinelli a little too much credit. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> like Carlos Tobolina has kind of been the low standard for me for a bit, but I think it might be uh, at this point. It has to. It might have to be Spinelli. I think I've given. The last couple of films of his that we've watched, like the lowest ratings, yeah, like, like ones and <laughs> twos, and uh, you know the low numbers, the ones you don't really respect. Yeah, I don't respect any number lower than like a hundred. 
<laughs> Wait, no, I, 69. I do respect that one. Oh, yeah. That's a very important one. That's um, dial 69 for teacher. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Give me a pen. Uh, pen. You should uh, get that tattooed on your arm. Yeah, I'm going to get that um, in a portrait of uh, Reams. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. That sounds better than the butterfly tattoo. I mean, we'll get them both done. Yeah, we'll get them both done. My body will be a canvas, a shrine to uh, your body's pornography. Your body's gonna look like uh, you're in in a memento. Yeah, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're just gonna be covered top to bottom with messages and stuff, but it's all gonna be just nonsense from pornos. Yeah. <laughs> It will be a shrine to the golden age, and maybe a collector will buy my skin. <laughs> maybe we can auction your skin off for charity. We can start now. <laughs> I don't need this. You've got too much skin. I've got too much skin. It's holding me back from getting anywhere in the ghoul field. <laughs> It'd be an excellent surname. Stephen Ghoulfield. Yeah. That's what I want to be called. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe it's a... Or Goulfeld. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Jerry Goulfeld. I drank a little bit of sake before we started podcasting. Yeah. Is it hitting? Um, I'm feeling a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think I'm not going to get food poisoning from it. I hope not. It's weird because its its age and source is somewhat... Well, its source isn't questionable. I'm not sure how long it's been wherever we got it from. It's been maybe like a month. I think it's probably okay. Well, it's been a month since we got it. I just wasn't sure how long it had been just sitting in that... uh, Freezer? In that freezer. It's probably fine. It's in a freezer. Yeah, you're probably right. I think you'll be okay, but you're going to be taking a shot of that again in just a moment. Yes, uh, I will. That's what we're doing on this one, is he's taking a shot, and I'm drinking delicious water. I'm going clear. (laughs) All right, well, I guess that does it. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll be back to talk more about Oriental Babysitter. on the raincoat report yeah we're back and uh we're going to talk about oriental babysitter from anthony spinelli all right uh i think was established in the last segment i hope so we we went around there a bit i don't know i keep drinking all this rice wine and i don't know what's happening anymore so got you feeling fine all that rice wine it's got me feeling yeah i'm feeling fine all right good (laughs) well Keep on feeling 
tell me the tale of an oriental babysitter. Yeah, I'm probably going to feel less fine once I'm done with this. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oriental Babysitter opens with uh, a long credit sequence, uh, white text on a black background. This takes a couple minutes, but also it's worth mentioning that at the very end of the movie are the same credits repeated in a different format. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So you could tell that at like, 71 minutes or whatever this is uh they were still trying to pad it out (laughs) for sure uh i think uh i'd kind of disassociated by the time i got to the end so i don't remember that there being long credits at the end but i'm gonna believe you (laughs) so following the credits we get some narration from mei ling our narrator yes she uh, mentions she's Chinese and 21 years old. That's good to note. She mentions that young Chinese girls are supposed to be quiet and subdued, but when they're alone, they can feel the weight of their full emotions. She talks about how she got her first job as a babysitter for an American family, as she puts it. Uh, there was a lot of fighting between this couple. She mentions that the father from the couple stared at her and... She didn't really blame him because, as she says, she had rather large breasts for an oriental girl. Yes. Did (laughs) did you mention that she's 15 in this part? Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. At this point, she's supposed to be 15. Yeah, I feel like that's important. Let's let's bring that in. Uh, Yeah, that adds further complications to what's already a problematic scene. (laughs) Uh, She talks about how she went to sleep after the parents left, and shortly afterward, she was awakened by the father. Why is she taking a nap? She's supposed to be watching the kids. I think that once the kids are put to bed, a babysitter will often fall asleep if the parents are out late enough. Okay, I'll give you that. So... We never see the kids, so... Which is good. That's good. But we don't know if they're asleep or if they're just... In the other room, just uh, drinking, you know, whatever they find under the sink. (laughs) So, unlike something like uh, Both Ways, where we get a child paraded in front of us uh, (laughs) a lot, (laughs) we at least don't have to deal with that here. So, this drunk father is uh, played by Peter Johns, but he is credited as David Brooke. But there is an actor named David Book who is in this movie, but he plays a different role altogether. Is it ever right in the credits ever? No. Okay, good. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, it's the care and attention that you could expect for a film like this. Yeah. The father puts his hand over Mei Ling's mouth and fights with her. And then he uh, shoves his cock in her mouth. But in narration, she says that he was more frightened than she was and called him poor man. (laughs) My notes, I just put what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the best reaction. I wrote, this is rough. She's still telling him to stop it and fighting him. He pulls her panties down and pulls up her shirt and starts to go down on her. Uh... When he does this, the music slows to a chill adult contemporary jam, and Mei Ling seems to be getting into it. Shortly after, he mounts her missionary and fucks her. 
We get some penetration shots and a lot of shots of her face not reacting to this. Uh, I would describe it as more of a reaction of pleasure than displeasure, but she's barely reacting. Sure. Which seems to be about the range of Linda Wong, at least in this film. Yeah, that um, I wrote, I think, my next note when we cut back to her narration. I was like, she is incredibly dispassionate. Like She's very <laughs> flat <laughs> right? throughout the entire thing, and that can definitely affect um, a pornographic film, I think, a lot. Yes. She's not like an airhead. She's just like a non-entity, almost. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so after a bit, the father pulls out and comes on her stomach. She notes that that was the first time anyone but herself touched her clit, and she was overwhelmed. The father then apologizes to her repeatedly. In narration, she says, After a few more babysitting jobs, I thought I had learned a lot. We cut to her blowing a guy. She says, I would suck a man's penis with dignity and total love. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we see her sucking and stroking this guy, and she finishes him off and sucks and licks his dick more. She says in narration uh, that she was not seduced or raped on every babysitting job, but she always knew when the possibility was there. Well, that's good to have that kind of situational awareness, I guess, even if you're not going to use it for anything we cut to her in the car with a guy uh this is mr justin Mm -hmm. it's played by uh john martin yes john martin she describes him as very handsome and young she says she noticed him sneaking glances at her and how he was quiet but she says she always wanted to touch him so we see him pulling Frank Costanza's move. Yeah, he stops short. <laughs> <laughs> he stops short and uh, puts his arms out in front of her chest. Mm-hmm. We cut from that to his lubed up cock <laughs> and see him mounting her doggy style anally. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, he's really giving it to her. She talks about her moving her hips so he got everything that he wanted. Uh, In this scene, John Martin does not have a steady rhythm at all. No. It seems like a very unenjoyable sex session. Yeah. Um, But after a while, he pulls out and comes on her ass. She talks a narration about how she loves sperm, and my ass was on fire. (laughs) Yeah, she talks about penis lunging up her asshole, and it uh, very clinically describes pretty much everything going on on screen. Yeah. (laughs) She knows she had never been fucked in the ass before, and it made her wet just thinking about it. She explains, as she got older, she found more new experiences. She talks about babysitting for the Harrises, and how one day Mr. Harris came home early. Peter Johns. Yes, so... Actually, no, this is... Was this someone else? This is Jeff Lyle. Okay. So, Jeff Lyle... Plays, oh yeah, he's just the second husband in the credits. Okay, yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I have to rely on the Internet Adult Film Database because they go through and point out who's in each sex scene in the film. Yeah. And they kind of have notes on here explaining what was fucked up in the credits. Okay. And they also have pictures of all the people, which I 
kind of looked at the pictures and matched them up with the sex scenes along the way. That's a they're good doing idea. the Lord's work at the Internet Adult Film Database. Yeah, they're doing too much work for this film. What's pretty cool is uh, this was added to the database in 1996. So oh. it's this has been going on for a long it's been, time. It's been known about this film. It's been known about this film, but it, it's fun that in the early days of the internet, uh, all of the freaks were coming out together to... Identify who is who in these old films they got. Yeah. Yeah. These it old. makes sense that that exists in 2022, but... The fact that it existed in 1996 even is pretty cool. You know, pornography's always been a driver of technology. That's true. That's what sunk Betamax and HD DVD. Yeah. That's what they were all jerking off to once they (laughs) learned how to make books. (laughs) They make the Bible, and then shortly after they invented the Tijuana Bible. Oh, yeah. And things were never the same. And we, I learned that from Anthony Spinelli, so I need to maybe reassess him just a little bit. You, everything you need to know, you learn from Anthony Spinelli. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like one of those posters you would like see like in the nineties at like a, like at a pharmacy. They have like uh, everything I need to know about life. I learned from babysitting or something like that, and there'd be like a long list of stupid things. I need to uh, for your next birthday. Every- I'm gonna. <laughs> Get one of those, but uh, for Anthony Spinelli. You're going to have to rewatch a lot of Anthony Spinelli. To, uh, I guess you you have your notes. Or do you leave? I, I do have my notes. You can go back to your notes and just pick out all the Spinelli facts I need. They're all, my, they're all on my Google Drive. I think if somebody went through my notes, they would think that I was a crazy person. Because I will have like seven pages of notes for some of these movies. And it's just... A bunch of filth in a list form. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I will say that for this film in particular, I couldn't get past page two and a half, so... uh... (laughs) I... At a point coming up in the film, I left the room for a little bit and came back and it was still the same scene. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so... (laughs) Um, the Harrises. That's that's what we were talking about. Yeah, so, well, the Harrises. We had to go to the IAFDB. Yes, to figure out who is who. So we cut to Mailing in bed, and we get a slow zoom out from her relaxed face to show Mr. Harris going down on her. We get some close-ups of him fingering her clit and her playing with her nipples. This goes on for quite a while. He stops to nibble and lick on her legs for a bit, but he eventually mounts her missionary. This goes on for a little while, and then Mrs. Harris shows up. She walks in and yells. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Harris starts to yell at Mei Ling. She asks, Is this what happens when you babysit? Do your parents know what you've been doing? Mrs. Harris threatens to tell Mei Ling's parents about what she's been up to, but Mei Ling says that she'll do anything if she doesn't tell her parents. So then Mrs. Harris asks Mei Ling if she's ever had another woman. Mei Ling says no. Mrs. Harris asks if she would like to make love to her. And Mei Ling says yes. So we cut to Mrs. Harris and Mei Ling making out. And then Mrs. Harris starts to go down on Mei Ling. We see Mr. Harris watching them through a crack in the door. Mm-hmm. 
the cunnilingus here goes on for quite a while. Yeah, very um, static. Uh, after a bit, Mrs. Harris straddles Mei Ling's face, and it looked like they were about to start 69ing, but it seems basically just Mei Ling's going down on Mrs. Harris. We cut to Mei Ling blowing Mr. Harris then, with Mrs. Harris beside him. She and Mrs. Harris make out for a moment, and then Mei Ling goes back to sucking the cock. They trade off sucking and making out. Mrs. Harris tweaks Mr. Harris's nipples while Mei Ling strokes him. I'm just and... thinking about all of these things in list form now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Harris finishes again uh, on Mei Ling's face, and she strokes and sucks and licks his cock more, and Mrs. Harris rubs his leg. I think the most interesting thing about this scene is that their bedroom door has, like, shag carpet on it. Oh, I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, I, I was just kind of looking, watching around Mr. Harris. I mean, after a while, there's, yeah. like, nothing really to look, so you're going to pick apart the scene yeah, because well, it's been like, going on for 15 minutes. Yeah, and since Mr. Harris spends a lot of it leering at right. them from the door, I was like... <laughs> Why does it have red shag carpet? Like it looks like an inch long. I was like, "What is this?" I guess maybe that's like good for people who like to like stand up and fuck. Like you know, do some of that like up against the door. Mm-hmm. It maybe shag carpet feels better on the back than hardwood. Perhaps, yeah. That's about the only thing I could think of. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just bizarre. Like uh, P Diddy and uh, get him to the Greek where he has like a house oh, yeah. of fur walls. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, shag was a big deal in the 70s. It was. And, uh, it, it was a status symbol. <laughs> yeah, it was everywhere. They'd run out of places to carpet on the floor, and they're like, well, let's just start in on the doors. It, it unfortunately kind of fell out of favor before they got to the ceilings. Yeah. Shag asylum. <laughs> <laughs> so Mei Ling notes in narration that she doesn't think that Mrs. Harris coming home early was actually a mistake. They might have planned that all along. Oh, shit. So, going back to the Internet Adult Film Database, it lists nine sex scenes in this film. And I noticed at this point in the movie, we were, I think it's like 25 minutes in. It's not long. And we had gone through the six of the nine sex scenes that were listed for this film. And I knew that was a bad sign. Yes. (laughs) So... (laughs) She says to the camera, just staring and talking at the camera now, that she now works for a large corporation as a secretary to an executive, but she still likes babysitting. She says it's rewarding and worth her time. She then immediately leans down and starts sucking a cock. So she had just kind of been talking that whole 20 minutes while he laid there. While he laid there with his boner. Yeah, she was just recounting her uh, underage sexual... uh, Misadventures. Right. So this guy is David Book. He uh, moans as uh, she's going down on him, but she tells him to be quiet or he'll wake the baby. We get a bunch of close-ups of her licking his tip, and uh, after a bit I was like, wow, I like these shots. These are interesting. Yeah. Um, Lots of shots of his face as he's enjoying himself. Uh, Some shots of her trying to more or less get her tongue inside his urethra. <laughs> but again, good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she continues to suck and stroke him, and he comes all over her hands. 
She continues to suck and stroke it for a bit. We then cut to Mei Ling asleep on top of that uh, father. She gets a tap in the back from the mother from this couple, played by Christine Kelly. She tells Mei Ling that she's put the baby to bed, and so the baby shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> Wait, why did she put the baby to bed? Because the babysitter was fucking her husband. She's the babysitter. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes parents want to spend time with their children. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> so the mother starts to make out with Mei Ling and uh, then starts to go down on her. We see her husband watching as uh, the mother munches away. Christine then stands up and Mei Ling plays with uh, Christine's flaps for a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and fingers her. The lady's 69, and after a while we see some fingering. This continues forever. Yes, it becomes like a <laughs> masturbation instructional video at this point. <laughs> I feel like if you consider like this whole thing to be like just one like one whole scene instead of like different sex scenes because they switch up partners. Uh-huh. It's like at least like 40 45 minutes long. It's pretty ridiculous. It's absurd. It's a test of human endurance. <laughs> uh yeah, the husband just keeps watching and breathing heavily. <laughs> Uh, we cut to the husband taking off uh, the wife's knee-high boots. She lays on top of him on the couch as they make out. The wife starts to suck the husband's cock. We see Mei Ling watching them from another couch with the most bored look on her face. Uh, the husband's pretty soft despite uh, the wife licking and sucking on it. He is reacting as if he's really into it, though. Yeah. The wife straddles his face, and we get some POV shots of her beaver, which must have been fun to shoot. Um, I like. I don't know if the camera was like on the ground, but like uh-huh. cameras of the time were not small, right? So she had to be squatting over a camera that's sticking up like two, two and a half feet off the ground, yeah, and just kind of squatting down towards it. She was just perched on something. Yeah, there's one point where you can see a guy in the shot in the mm-hmm. background kind of out of focus. Oh, and yeah, he you has, sent me a, a, a screenshot of that. Yeah. yeah. He has, like, his arms out kind of in front of her, and she has his arms on top of his, so I think he's helping support her as he's, she's squatting down towards the camera. Uh, he's, like, in the thing that uh, you and your girlfriend showed me where that where they were, like, having, like, I guess... Uh, couples make their own sex videos oh, and there yeah. was a guy who was holding the table who was out of the shot yes the, this was a playboy tv series called uh adult film school yeah yeah but uh they they had yeah an assistant on there and he was <laughs> like in charge of doing things like holding the bed while they're fucking to make sure it doesn't rock out of shot right <laughs> <laughs> we see the husband going down on the wife and after a while the wife's Stands on the seat of the couch and bends over. The husband mounts her from behind and standing doggy. We get continued cutaways to Mei Ling looking bored. Finally, the husband finishes as he's pressing against his wife's pubes. Uh, He puts his cock back in and she bounces on it a bit more before he pulls out and rests his face on her back. Mei Ling then sits next to the couple and says to the camera, 
This is my latest babysitting job. I hope to hear from you soon. And then we cut to the credits. (laughs) (sighs) I guess there's some uh, creative camera work on the back end of the film. Yes. For limited time, but I really don't know. Like, I feel like this... This had to have been shot in, like, a day. I don't, like... Yeah, I don't think any time was spent on this. I guess we should cut. Uh, yeah, let's... Because I, all I want to do is talk about what I just saw. But, uh, sorry, everyone. All right, well, we'll be back <laughs> and talk about more about... <laughs> talk about more about Oriental Babysitter. More about... More about talking about. shush me i'm production i shush people well, Sorry, we're back we have, on... an, we have an unruly audience <laughs> well we're back on the raincoat report um i don't know where to even begin i mean i guess you have to begin so i guess well, you'll begin but i'm gonna begin uh... right now i really hated this <laughs> <laughs> it's a good uh in a different way than water power, it's a good argument against pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Just relentlessly, I don't know, dull, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not very inspired. Linda Wong is, as I said earlier, pretty flat. Yeah. Uh, there's no actual narrative to it. Yeah. To really even like get your teeth into it all. Like The title Oriental Babysitter, if it's even just taking out the Oriental... You got a babysitter that's fraught with dramatic possibilities. Yes. Yeah. You got, you know, like, why are you banging the babysitter? Or me and all my friends are porno babysitters now. You know, there's some places you can take it. Yeah. There were zero stakes in this film. Yeah. There, well, there wasn't. Yeah. There was nothing. Uh, it was a woman. There wasn't an actual plot. No, no, no. It was just. There a, was never a conflict. <laughs> yeah. No, there was just a short string of vignettes. Right. Uh, that totaled about 20 minutes. And then one incredibly long testing scene. <laughs> uh, this, I feel like, is something during the golden age of porno that was probably just made by mobsters to play like some dirty theater for like a week. Right. Rack up a couple thousand bucks and then just never hear about it again. Right. Um, it's sort of like the sort of thing that might belong in a landfill like an et game <laughs> uh it's not really well shot like you said there were a couple creative interesting shots in that back half but yeah that almost seems accidental just it because be. <laughs> because well just because the length of it was just they were probably just shooting whatever they could think of right in whatever way they could just to pad it out right um well i i think that w- 
it makes for an interesting discussion about in filmmaking, does it matter if uh, the thing that triggered something that's brilliant was uh, like the great visionary talents of a director or them just stumbling on anything. Right. Yeah. And, you and know. I, I would argue that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But I mean, you're right. It, it doesn't matter at the end of the day either way, because right. it's a couple of shots in a 72 minute film. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they accidentally stumbled their way onto brilliance, like a, a Frankie and Johnny were lovers or something right. like that. Uh, yeah. They, they, they walked ass backward into a couple good shots. <laughs> uh, the music is uniformly pretty bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just bland Muzak type stuff of the era. Uh, like I said, I can't say much for the acting. There really isn't any. The pornographic content is also not very good. Right. I feel like when this came out, it would all be pretty stale by that point. What I th- yeah, like one of the things that I thought about was if this movie came out in like 1971 or 1972, mm-hmm. it would have made a lot more sense to me. Yeah. But it came out in 1976 or 77. Right. By that point, we had lots of good porn movies to model things off of. Yeah. It wasn't the era where we're still figuring out what a porn movie is. We've, right. We've kind of gotten everything established by this point. Definitely. So I think this is just kind of like, at the end of the day, a throwaway relic that I would find in my little nightly crawls. <laughs> <laughs> and that even I, a lowly ghoul, would find too uh, abhorrent to take back to my lair. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give it a one. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um. What all do you have in your ghoul's lair? Oh, I've got so many treasures. I've got um, I've got rings. As <laughs> mentioned before, I have scrolls. I have uh, I have a flute made out of a femur that I play, and it produces a lonely cry that echoes into the night. <laughs> um, I have swords, of course. Right. Coins of various lands and ages. Uh. <laughs> On a drywall. <laughs> uh, cords, ropes. I, I take a lot. Like, unfortunately, my ghouling all takes place in, like, America, and our cu- culture isn't particularly old. Right. So a lot of the nice stuff has already been, like, plundered and sacked. So I'm kind of just, you know, scraping the, the bottom here. Uh, I do have some nice things, but mostly I have segments of drywall. <laughs> that I have piled up everywhere, and I can't reach my treasures anymore. <laughs> I've got a ghoul hoarding problem. Um, does that answer your question? I think so. Okay. So uh, I I also want to add um, that I think within the past few weeks, Netflix released a series called How to Build a Sex Room. I've heard about this. So I... Have watched one half of one episode, okay. <laughs> so I can't really say how good or bad it is, but I do find the concept interesting. Yeah, in the sense that it's like one of those home renovation shows right. where they like point at a room and they want to modernize it. Yeah. And they come in and fix it up. They fix it up. But instead, uh, there's like a 
a hidden trap door that went to this couple's basement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and down there, they wanted to have their little sex dungeon. So this like old lady shows up and she's the one doing the designing and she's like oh yeah we'll bring in a saint andrew's cross and a spanking bench and <laughs> um i don't have any of the in my ghoul's lair yeah i was i was gonna ask if I've you got were... an old i've got an old weight bench <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna ask if you were tasked to build a sex room what would you want to make sure to include like for a ghoul for for a ghoul or a boy a boy ghoul. Um, I think oh, I need one of them. Uh, like one of them spanking benches sounds cool. I don't know what it looks like, but a bench for that purpose seems pretty nice. It's like one of those like horse style benches. Yeah, I need the some leather padding on it. Throne of shame, whatever that thing is called. Okay. From uh, naughty Victorians. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Throne of scorn. <laughs> I forget what it is. I think mine was some I think mine would probably be similar to that man's. I think that would he had a pretty good setup. Yeah, I think I think, I think yeah, that would be a good place to start. I think that would be my model and then I think I would maybe like I'd fill it out with like some more like like plants and stuff. Kind of okay. give it like a like kind of like a nice like kind of like homey vibe a little okay. bit, you know? A lot of nice plants, some big Sections of drywall just leaning against one of the walls. <laughs> People are saying, oh, are you expanding? And I say, no. <laughs> I just couldn't fit any more of this in my ghoul's lair. <laughs> the collection is making its way out. Yeah. <laughs> Can you help me carry some drywall? <laughs> yeah, it's a little moldy, but don't worry about it. What do you, all right, what do you, what do you, what's in yours? What's in mine? Well, I definitely want, I, I want the walls to, uh. Close in. <laughs> to close <laughs> in. I want it to be like the trash compactor in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> just a, a liquid. <laughs> yeah. Just a, like a three feet of liquid in it mm-hmm. and a bunch of like sharp metal. <laughs> Delightful. And the walls will close. <laughs> No, I would definitely want the walls to just be lined with a bunch of uh like uh like metal loops. Yeah. So you can just uh tie or uh put some people up like on the clamp walls. people onto like any point in the walls. Yeah. And then like just thousands of yeah. <laughs> thousands of metal rings. Oh man, I bet that would feel like cool to like just run your hands across. Maybe I should put shag carpet on one of the walls. I think you should put shag carpet on all the walls. I don't see why not. I mean, it's it's safe. It's safe. It's as best as free. What are you going to rate this movie? Quit quit dancing around. I didn't want to talk about this movie. So this movie is. It's a movie yeah, that we had to of. watch. Yeah, because I, I said, let's watch it. Yeah, you did this. I don't know. Didn't you come up with Pulsating Flesh when we watched that, too? Yeah, most of the bad stuff we watch <laughs> is something I've picked. You try to curate it a little more nicely, and I just kind of look through what you got, and I'm like, oh, this sounds dumb. Well, I think that it's a, it's good to combine our powers in that sense, so we can touch a little bit of all of the porn landscape 
Yeah. Even if after we touch it, our fingers are bleeding and we have to go get a tetanus shot. Gross. Uh, so yeah, Oriental Babysitter. It's like getting a tetanus shot. It's like getting a tetanus shot. Uh, because you stepped on something bad. <laughs> right? Um, I don't know. There's not a whole lot good about this movie. Yeah. I'm trying to... I, usually my reviews, I try to be mostly positive, even if I'm not giving it a good score. Right. I talk about the good things about it because... At the end of the day, I found that I could get like upset about movies, but that doesn't do me any good. So even if I watch a movie that I don't love, yeah, I'll try to focus on the parts that I do like about it. But yeah, this movie, I pointed out those couple of shots that I liked. That's it. That's about it. So yeah, Linda Wong is terrible in this movie. Yeah. Um. I can't say that I've seen enough of her work to get a read if that's this is just a standout bad performance or if she was full of bad performances. There's probably a, another film in the Oriental series we can find and uh, figure it out. Yeah, she, she's... I assume that this is not her best work. Yeah, I'm assuming it's not representative of her or John Martin or... Any of the people whose names were dragged through the dirt for being in this movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, I would say that I found it kind of uh, funny in the in in like the narration being so stupid, the yeah. story being so dumb. Her just like hand waving, getting repeatedly raped while she was babysitting. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot to unpack here and you know uh at the end of the day it's all Anthony Spinelli's fault. Yeah. I'm holding him to task. We're <laughs> going to dig him up and put him on trial. So, I it, might have liked this slightly more than you did, but what it really means is instead of me giving it one star like you did, I'm going to give it one and a half stars. All right. This is the lowest rating I've given uh movie on this show i'm pretty sure i think so i think i've given out a couple ones i'm okay i'm okay with hating the film and never coming back to it i like to make a, a harsh judgment and then just move on yeah I, my extra half star is me just enjoying how stupid the plot was it its stupidity entertained me there was no plot well okay the, the narration <laughs> yes the narration yeah uh but yeah that was oriental babysitter it was Kind of a short movie, even shorter on ideas, and uh, this is probably one of the shortest episodes of the podcast, but what are you going to do? No, we talked a lot about ghouls that really... We talked about ghouls, we, we talked about sex rooms. We padded um, it out just in Spinelli fashion. I definitely want to get a drain in the middle of my sex room floor. I think that would be good. So I can hose it down whenever I need to. I think I'm like tile or concrete. Yeah. Like a nice, like... Like a nice marble. I don't know. That's gonna that's gonna eat up a lot of my budget that I could be using for butt plugs and whips. That's true. Okay. Concrete is pretty straightforward. It's almost as good as marble. I mean, it's not really, but it's good enough for this use. You got like a marble, just like one marble drain that like channels towards the middle. A nice <laughs> like little like uh, an accoutrement, you know. <laughs> I think what we'll do is we have a we have a room in the back that we have a bunch of boxes that's just been the room full of shit since we moved in. Yeah. We're going to clear it out. We've talked about 
making it our sex room or our uh, podcasting studio. Probably both. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we need to... be humid and smelly in there. Yeah, just the way we like it. Jeez. There well, are windows if we need to open them. That's but, so close to your yelling neighbors. But, yeah, uh, the neighbors will basically be yelling right into our microphone. We're getting we two new them. hosts. <laughs> Three they, or four. They just scream obscenities at the top of their lungs or turn on their loud-ass cars. So it'll be a lot of fun. It'll add a lot of variety to the show. Yeah. Um, I, I still need to get a soundboard. It's just like effort that I haven't put into my life. It's okay, buddy. Uh, Maybe we can use our Patreon money to get a fancy soundboard. Yeah, we'll get a nice soundboard and I'll be able to hit buttons and it'll just become like a drive-time radio show. Yeah, that's the idea. It'll, I'll just get a toilet flushing button that... Like, like a, an, an Ayuga oh, horn. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, like a wolf whistle. Yeah. <laughs> Those would all be great options for our soundboard. Um, if you would like to... Support our quest to buy an awesome drive time radio soundboard. Please subscribe at patreon.com slash raincoat report. Yes, uh, this week. uh, Yes, this week. Yes, this week we have a new episode coming out. We've got another This Ain't Not Axel Braun. We challenge each (laughs) other to uh, watch and review a different Axel Braun film than the other. So we kind of go in, one of us goes in blind and the other doesn't. It's a it's a fascinating social experiment. Yes, it is. And uh, we have watched some more Axel Braun movies and yeah. we'll tell you more about them on the show. Yes. Uh, for everything else, get to us on Instagram, Instagram and Twitter yep. at Raincoat Report. Uh, if I don't respond to you on Twitter this week, it's <laughs> not it's nothing you did. <laughs> no, no, the account is locked. The account is currently once again locked because uh, I can't, I cannot control myself. It got locked so quick. Like I had just made that comment um, before you had, uh, then you sent me a text and I was like, shit. <laughs> now, uh, when you get an email that says your account's been locked, I'm like, oh shit, did something fucked up happen? And I clicked on it. I was like, oh, this is just Jeremy. Yeah. Being, being Jeremy on the internet. <laughs> yeah, well, whether you're going to take a unpleasant babysitting job or just troll Twitter, don't forget your raincoat.